0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore.
1: We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Because I didn't have enough to do, Uh I endeavored this week. We actually released something on YouTube. Lo and behold. Oh, yeah. Thank you for doing this, by the well, way. But, but the thing is, I actually felt bad for the owner, Donnie, because we shot that this yeah. summer. Yeah. Okay? And it's actually, here's the behind the scenes, second time we've shot that car. <laughs> yeah. Because we shot it more than a year ago and had footage problems, which was our fault. Then his car broke, which was his fault. Then we had trouble rescheduling <laughs> oh. it. We finally got it shot this summer. Yeah. And then it yeah. was just, and it was like, we shot that car right when we went into all of our massive production for TV so it was one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah, I have that footage over there. I will get there. And I kept seeing it with the local cars and coffee, and he kept kind of ambling up and going, so the 2002... 2002- <laughs> I know, man. I know. I'm sorry. So no I finally wanted to get that out the door, and I'm glad. Thank you to all of you that commented and watched it, because in the midst of everything else, I thought, you know what? Let's throw YouTube something.
0: Yeah. And thank you for doing that in the midst of all your editing work. In preparation for TV, that is Velocity Channel starting mm-hmm. in January 2018, everyone thrilled to bring it to you but Todd is uh yeah he's he's editing madness right yes, now we'll put yes, it that yes. way and despite all this you've gotten a YouTube video out and yes Donnie thank you for the use of your car again cool. multiple yeah. times <laughs> do you see his comment it's got a cracked subframe now so yes. the car's actually down again
1: again hi yeah it's just it's an I mean, he loves it and as you can see from our, our video we enjoyed driving it but it is a constant well, how's the where to put it? It, it it's it's a it's an effort of love. <laughs> it's a good thing he likes that car because, right. yes.
0: And he's still got it. It's still down. Anyway, go see that, that piece if you haven't watched it yet, guys. We had a lot of fun doing that. But uh, we'll transition back to the podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening. We're really, really thrilled that you're with us. It's always fun when people whom for whom we've recommended cars in mm-hmm. the past Right back to us and say, Agreed. here's what I did. It's really cool. Yeah. And we've had Cajun Michael right back. We debated him in podcast number 205. Mm-hmm. So it was back on June 20th, 2017. It was actually Chance and I again. I, I was out of town. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to remember where you were. You were,
1: I, I, think, I think, vacationing. I think it was I think it was post-pilgrimage. It was a like a debrief thing, if yeah. memory serves. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's I was on a, a much-needed uh, a couple of days away. So you and Chance were, were working on that. Actually, there wouldn't have been pilgrimage because it was June. But anyway. It was June, yeah. I At some point, I ran away. <laughs> and you oh, and Chance. Done with this. <laughs> and you, you and Chance did that podcast. But here's the thing, though. Cajun Michael has asked a lot of questions. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, while. You've heard us answer a lot of his questions. He's been listening along for a while. Uh, He actually had a couple surgeries, and so he had a lot of downtime and listened to the podcast a lot. So there were a lot of things going on. But he's writing in because it's one of those uh, good-bad... Did you see the good-bad in this story? Yeah. Because he got a car, but we also had one of those moments where we we might have another wife that really doesn't like us much.
0: <laughs> no kidding. Well, he writes, here's the backstory, guys. So we had covered this car debate. Chance and I were helping him debate the Mustang GT Convertible. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's what we recommended. He was replacing the aging sports sedan with something like it, and he ended up getting the Mustang Convertible, The Mustang GT Convertible, six-speed manual. He coveted this, and he's got two kids, mm-hmm. 10 and 13. Mm-hmm. And so we were debating the practicality. Should we save money? Should we... Sure, you know, yeah. how do we, yeah, yeah. you know, soothe the, the car tendencies, the proclivities yeah. with still, you know, what, what should be next? Sure. Replacing an aging car, of course. And so he's out in the Colorado mountains. Uh, well, he went on driving adventures uh, with the kids in, in the Colorado mountains. So he lives actually to, close to where I grew up in mm-hmm. Fort Collins. So mm-hmm. north of Denver, about 55 miles. And so as you said... He had his wife listen to the podcast.
1: <laughs> which is always kind of a double-edged sword. It's like, honey, this will help, followed by, honey, this really didn't help. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's why we always wave hello to the spouses because we uh-huh. know eventually yeah. you guys are going to say, you've got to listen to this. You've
1: got to hear what they said. These guys agree with me, which might not be helpful. <laughs> exactly. Just just let's Don't put that listen out listen to
0: there. me. Just listen to what the guys said. Here, put these on. So... <laughs> When I got to the point where her face was in her hands, Uh
1: he said, I knew the hook was set. Yes. Well, I mean, what happened here is somewhere along the way, you guys started talking about you can make memories in the next car you get. Yeah. And that just hit her right in the heart. <laughs> it was intended to So then he goes out and now promptly buys a he sent us a photo. It's a fantastic photo. A beautiful Mustang GT convertible, six speed as God intended, is written right here in his email. And uh, you and your thirteen year old daughter kind of drove halfway across the country in it. So had a father daughter cool. drive. You wrote you wrote you went down the Vegas strip at night with the top down and she stared at all the lights. That's cool. That's that's <laughs> that's amazing. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: as Todd said, he had job change, some surgeries, he found this car and they they did the whole road trip. Vegas, what else? Western Utah, which we love across Colorado, and he says best of all it was the two and a half days of smiles and laughs that they'll
1: never forget. That's super cool. That's that's a road trip right there. I don't Absolutely. care who you go with, that's what it's about.
0: Absolutely. So Michael, thank you for writing in. Thank you for the photo. Thanks mm-hmm. for just being a fan, because we love this stuff. And we love yeah. it when you guys write back to us. And it doesn't matter if you buy the car we it. It's more along the lines of, hey, guys, yeah. your thoughts sparked my thoughts. And I totally. ended up getting Absolutely.
1: whatever it is. We actually got a cool email today. In fact, I want to run it uh, by you later. We should talk about it on another podcast. Somebody that wrote in, another person wrote in and just said, you didn't debate for me. But I listened to the podcast. And based on listening to the podcast, I went and drove these things. And they found something they loved. Very I mean, cool. Actually, Michael I is the rare rare exception here because most of the time when they write back with what they bought, you guys recommended the following six things, and then curveball in the email. <laughs> By the way, these four things I didn't let you know, and now I bought something totally off the radar. <laughs> but but the Mustang GT was what you recommended. He bought one. That's a that's a full success. And road trip with the daughter, awesome. I love this. Totally, totally, and yeah, making memories together. It's a short time
0: when your kids are with you, so yeah, make those memories. And yes. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, we did it. So anyway, thank you for
1: that. It's just good to hear from everybody. And uh, for sure, well, hear from I mean, what you're getting. But I, look, I keep beating on this reality, but it's true. And that is what we want more than anything is whatever car you're driving. You love it. You like that. That's your car. Yeah. It, it's less about is it a minivan? Hopefully it's not. Is it a Prius? <laughs> Hopefully it's not. But or is it a fun sports car? Hopefully right. it is. Right. But in spite of that, if you go out and go, that's my car then that's a successful purchase. And that's all we're going for.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about all this. We've got some great debates for you and Mm -hmm. lots of listener questions. This will be, man, we could just keep talking so much. but uh, As we do. That's why, that's why we do this twice a week now, because we can keep talking. It's amazing. But it really, guys, it does stem from the fact that Todd and I want to help people. We genuinely want to help you guys, mm-hmm. anybody listening, just get thinking differently. Take our stuff and disagree with us and say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, I did this or I did that. You know, but if uh, if we can spark ideas mm-hmm. and, and get you thinking and getting something you really love, Agreed. that's what we do.
1: And I'm going to jump off that and say, if – if you feel like this podcast has been the least bit helpful to you, or let's, let's be honest, annoying <laughs> to your spouse, do us a favor and give us a rating on iTunes. That does help. Share it with somebody else that listens to podcasts. I keep bumping into people who actually don't listen to podcasts at all hmm. and have started with this show, which is also really cool. That's rare. And, and That's, I do yeah, feel like cool. there's nobody, I don't know if you noticed, there's nobody that kind of listens to podcasts. You either True. listen to, I have my four or my six or my 20. I met a guy that was like, yeah, you guys, are one of my 20, but I listen to all of yours. I was like, what? You're what? kidding me. What do you, do you do anything else? So there's that. Or <laughs> people are like, podcast, po- you know, I, podcasts, how do you get that? I don't know if I've ever listened to, there's nobody in the middle. Yeah. There's nobody that's like, yeah, sometimes, at least that I've heard of. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, if you do listen to podcasts, you have friends that are getting into them, or you have friends that would like to have a fight with their spouse about the next car, we're here for you. <laughs> Check
0: that box. All right, guys, we've got Dong Yul who's writing in. He has... Written to us many times. You've heard us say his name on the social media questions, mm-hmm. and he wrote to us with a full debate here, which was great. Yeah, for sure. So he just wrote after Thanksgiving here and wrote in to us with his debate. He's looking for something in the future here, something – actually, he's suggesting all GM product right now. He's
1: got the disease, and he's moving <laughs> around in types of cars, so it's time to <laughs> it's move on again. Cool. We've also got Ruben in Atlanta that wrote in recently, and he is kind of a two-in-one
0: Yeah, I thought we could you know, kind of speak to both of these issues. The first part, he's
1: got a question for his brother and his brother who's trying to sell a car, which relates directly to a question we had on Facebook tonight, directly speaks to that. So Mm. I'm excited about that part. Mm. And then actually Ruben has a car debate for himself as well. And we'll do some social media questions. So buckle up because it's going to be like four hours. No, it's going to be like an hour. And (laughs) uh, yeah. It's going to go fast. All right. So starting
0: with Daniel's podcast here or his debate. He is driving or was driving a 2014 Ford Fiesta ST, mm-hmm. which he bought that was inspired by our, our tiny Turbos video. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, the Abarth 500 Abarth yep. and the Fiesta ST. We put those together on camera. And a lot we keep of fun.
1: recommending those cars like crazy. If you listen to the podcast for at least two episodes, you've probably heard one of them mentioned. So uh, he loved that Fiesta ST, but he brought up an interesting point here. Mm. He ended up selling it because he felt like he always sat too high. Yeah, And yeah. over time, he kind of came to the conclusion, because you and I have talked about the fact that we love that car, so does Chance, but Edgar, who's 5'9", doesn't like That's it. That's true, you're right,
0: I remember that. And has this. talked
1: about, he thinks it's a tall guy car, because all the guys he feels like that really love it seem to be tall. Dongyul is 5'7", hmm. and he always felt like the car never really fit him, and he was sitting on it. That's interesting, I had forgotten that yeah. uh, that comment from Edgar
0: too. Yeah. I mean, Dongyul's writing in, he said this thing bothered me, it was the center of Butt gravity, air quotes. <laughs> and I'm already, my mind has already gone to a t-shirt. It's already gone to try and illustrate what is butt gravity? Let, what is the equation? What, let's break it down into chemical compounds. What?
1: We'll call up our friend Jason Finsky and have him calculate <laughs> butt gravity.
0: I mean, but it is. It's the seat of your pants thing. And he, yeah. was, he needed this seat to be an inch or two or lower. All right. So he traded in this ST mm-hmm. because of this issue, mm-hmm. which was apparently a deal killer.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he thought it was a great car, but he never felt like he was sitting low enough, which is a mm-hmm. fascinating reality. But you got to be comfortable. You do have to feel like you're properly plugged into the car. He yeah. went a very different route next, though. I love that he took your Acura TL Type
0: S suggestion. You've, you've mentioned this car mm-hmm. a fair amount.
1: Yeah, the 0408 range.
0: Yeah, yeah, he bought an 08 Acura TL Type S with the manual with 140,000 miles. Mm. So this is really an interesting part of the equation. He went from Fiesta ST... Yeah, to a really high mileage TL because of the dynamics, because he wanted the car mm-hmm. and the mileage didn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter on those anyway. Yeah, exactly. Of course, <laughs> you know, yeah. just the maintenance. But he was looking at it as... The better Accord because he's always wanted this mm-hmm. V6 Honda Accord Coupe with manual, but he thought, all right, this is a bit of a step up, bit of I a think unicorn it's a great choice.
1: I think it's a great choice. I agree. That checks all the boxes too. It's it's the generation that I like. It's the last year. It's I think or the second to last year. I'm going to get it wrong, but either ended '08 or '09. It was one of those last years, which is only time they made the Type S. And then with a the manual, I mean that's a hard to find car. Yeah, yeah, and true. It's a very different car than the Fiesta ST across the board, and he's loved it. Yeah, which. At that point you'd think okay awesome great story but <laughs> Dongil has our disease. He does. Yes, he, he has does. the disease which is I like like I had like 24 hours after I got home with the Lotus Elise I was looking up Lotus Elises and I stopped myself like what you are an addict what is wrong with you? <laughs> I've
0: decided the disease is contagious by audio because you hear somebody talking about that and you think huh what, 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 what am I going to do about yeah. that area of
1: my life? What, what are those going for now? It is contagious. Yeah, I don't and even like Lotus Elise's, now. but now I'm going to look at <laughs> I didn't know they were that expensive. That's interesting. You know what else? I, yeah. So anyway, so he's looking right now and thinking rear-wheel drive is next. I love this. All right. So he liked the TL because it flies off the radar, mm.
0: which is cool. So here's what this recipe that he's building here. This is what it, this is saying to me. He likes cars that are kind of off the radar. He likes sleepers. And he wants a rear-wheel-drive car. Mm -hmm. So right now, he's looking at a 2016 Cadillac ATS or a C6 Corvette. Mm -hmm. He says, yes, I'm single. And yes, I would daily the you-know-what out of it. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see. But he is looking. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. I'm just, I'm wondering, part of this equation, too, is the willingness to go back to great cars, despite high mileage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times, you know, you think, all right, I'm on to the next. It doesn't necessarily have to be later, newer model years.
1: (laughs) I certainly didn't. No. 2013 FRS to 05 (laughs) Mini and 06 Lotus Elise. Yeah, that's a jump backwards. I
0: mean, if if it, you know, actually checks the box and you can find the car you want. Sure, yeah. There is absolutely no worry, no reason to not, as a matter of fact. Mm. And he even says... I'd be up for some of the maintenance too. I can take care of that. No mm-hmm. problem. And so it's gotten me thinking differently with the, okay. the whole, you know what? I could do this mm-hmm. and I could, you know, go backwards and get the higher mileage thing and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Obviously it needs to be well taken care of. But, you know, you're getting great cars that are, they're not forgotten. They're just not in the forefront of your mind. Agreed. It's always Agreed. The, yeah. the latest model has always yeah. got to yeah, yeah. be the better thing. No, not necessarily. Yeah. And here you are saving boatloads of cash, yeah. which we love, you know, buy used. So in the sedan category, I've come up with a couple. I love the
1: Corvette. Mm-hmm. I do, even though it does not exactly fly under the radar. I agree. I think that's the problem with it. I have a wild card as an alternative to that. But what do you think the budget is here? I'm thinking about 25 ish is what what it yeah. seems to be based on the things he's looking at. It seems about 25 or so. That's kind of the, the area I shopped in. 25 to 30, maybe. That is true. There was not a specific
0: budget in here, which means yay, we can blow through money.
1: Love. But I think I think it's I think it's 25 ish. Is kind of where I was working on this. Yeah, I have I, right. uh, I have a few sedans, and I have a wild card. All right, so my sedan's here. I am going back in time. Daniel,
0: welcome to the E39 BMW M5. Ooh,
1: really? Okay.
0: 4.9 liters of 400 horsepower V8 with a manual transmission.
1: Yeah. Now. That's rear-wheel, dri- rear-wheel drive done really well.
0: It is. I feel like it's, you know, when BMWs were BMW-ish. They were okay. they were great. Yeah, there's yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm just looking at these, going, yeah. Where do these older cars that are, you know, maybe a little bit higher mileage, but who's picking these up? Sure, yeah. It's yeah, us. Yeah. It's all of us. It's this yeah. whole community. Fair, fair. And that's why you need to look at this car. Now mm. the nice ones, of course, I went to enthusiastauto.com, another in, place to go in Ohio, yeah. and they're all really expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I found actually a nice one. I was going,
1: huh? What about one for me? Hmm. Yeah,
0: this is the disease right yeah. there. It happens. Oh, it was awful.
1: So my garage a... is full. Why don't I shop anyway? I have <laughs> no money, but look at that. It's uh, as much as my house. <laughs> exactly. It's all bad.
0: Yeah. I found an 02, 55,000 miles, perfect in that gorgeous blue. It's like oh, a Lima blue love or something that. like I that. I love that one. Manual transmission, and they're asking forty four nine. So that I would Ouch. consider on the very beautiful, nice high end
1: of the sure. market for those. Which means you could probably find one for two-thirds of that.
0: But that's what I'm thinking. For 25, I'll bet you find, yeah. you know, seventy five, eighty thousand 80,000 miles maintenance has been done, good shape still, and you could get into one of these cars. Probably true.
1: Probably true. So I'm looking at that. I like that, yeah.
0: I also thought about the O2 Lexus IS300. Now, I think your current Acura is a bit of a better car, honestly, but that was always a, huh, that was, that's an interesting car. The Fun, early one was very interesting. drive yeah, all those things. Six mm-hmm. cylinder, all that, all that kind of stuff. So I like that, but I like the uh, the E39 M5 suggestion
1: a lot better. Well, I'm going to jump off that Lexus idea because I had a Lexus idea as well, hmm. but I went current IS. Did current you? Current IS. Okay. 350 F Sport. Shop for one of those. Nice. Because I feel like that's as close as you can get to that TL, but in rear wheel drive form.
0: I can see that. Okay. It's, not a, it, right? it's a
1: fly under the radar car. Very much so. Uh, it's got really good dynamics it's got good gas mileage it's it's going to run cuz it's a japanese car and it's known to have reliabilities. just that just runs i feel That's like true. it checks all those boxes the tl does and then checks rear wheel drive it's not That's a good the point. best for dynamics yeah. is not it's not what well, we talked about it when we reviewed it with the 3 series and the cadillac ats it won that comparo because we felt like, it, at least I remember I made this comment, but I think you said something similar, that it was kind of like a 7 or an 8 in every category. Yep. And the other guys were more volatile. They were a 3 over here and a 10 over here. And yeah, the Lexus was this just solid across the board. I don't so like that's, that. that's yeah. why I feel like, I mean, I, look, we like the Cadillac ATS. I think it's a really good option. But I think if you're going to drive that. Drive the Lexus IS mm-hmm. and just yeah. get a look at it and deal with the Predator Maul, which I feel like is, is growing on me. I hate to say that. It's like a just, disease. Isn't but, it
0: funny just living with cars and you see it more and you think, oh, okay.
1: Well, All you right. know why I think I like it better? Because mm. I have seen that executed elsewhere in their lineup far worse. So now I'm looking at <laughs> the IS going, that's not that bad. <laughs> because the other ones are worse. Yeah, which is a that's terrible thing. I happens. like you. Uh, <laughs> everybody <laughs> else terrible. is worse. I also think <laughs> that I'm surprised there's no BMWs on the list. On his list. Now, you, you had a great right. one. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. I totally agree. I also think since he's open to two doors, what about shopping the 135i? Oh, good, yeah. And if you want to go a little newer, can you get a two series for this? Can you get a two twenty eight i Maybe for twenty five? I'll bet you. Probably, yeah. I'll bet you. You might even might even get lucky and find a two thirty five. But I bet you the two twenty eights are out there. We we drove that one on the track. We talk about it all the time. Get the sport pack with the zf. Yeah, that's a surprisingly good car. I bet you could find a twenty fourteen. I'm sure you could. So I think that needs to be out there. One more sedan, and then a wild card. Oh, okay. We're talking rear wheel drive sedan. What could you get a Julia for? Really? Not uh, – look. The, You're the talking base, brand new? The base Julia. Okay. Go, I'm talking maybe go lease one. Oh. The, the only way you can get deals, leases on those cars is leasing the base one. But it's 280 horsepower. He's talking about how the TL is just under 300 horsepower. We're in the same world. Hmm. Interesting, and it's you know if you lease it, then you avoid the is it going to run questions. Yeah, yeah. and just go get a Julia on a lease, and then you went rear wheel drive sedan. I think why not? I think it's worth. I think it's worth driving and considering. It's the other end of the spectrum from the IS. Honestly, true. That's true. Because it's 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 more. Look at me depending on the color granted but it's more look at me it's a little bit unknown in reliability it's all of these things but dynamically <laughs> the <lease>. dynamically awesome <laughs> dynamically awesome so i think the Julie is worth it and then my wild card i see your corvette but i don't think it's under the radar at all no it's not if you're thinking rear wheel drive you want a different driving experience what about a 996 911 dig it because look we know a few people that have bought a few of those cars for just under 20 grand Oh, yeah. They're not the be-precious 911. They're the buy-it-and-drive-it 911. Honestly, that is the good part about them. That's the great thing about them. Dale drives his. He's got almost 150,000 miles I know. on his. Jay here locally bought one. Yeah. Jordan locally here bought one. I mean, people are finding really? no them kidding. for under 20 and just driving them. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So, look, I mean, I, I will go ahead and say all the, the standard problems Yes, they have the egg headlights. Yes, the interior is dated. Yes, you have to worry about the IMS. A lot of them now you can buy them fixed already. Sure, people but, might have already done it. Exactly. Well, both the ones we know of that were bought here locally, they bought them with the IMS already fixed, hmm. and they bought them for under twenty grand. Hmm. So my point is, it's the nine eleven you can just buy. You don't have to be precious. You can just drive. And I also think I could be wrong, and it's going to depend on your part of the country. But I think the police are going to notice a vet before they're going to notice a nine eleven. Especially, I think, if you're in L.A. Depending on how it's driven, although I will come back, I will make a counterpoint about,
0: oh, it's a vet. You must be, you know, 75 years old driving in the – what? A young person driving a
1: vet? Yes. Get him! You are are making a statement. (laughs) Well, it's like me in the FRS. The couple of times (laughs) I got pulled over the FRS, two hysterical things happened in both cases – The police officer was younger than me, which made me feel staggeringly old. And secondly, I watched him try to cover the kind of facial double-take when he realized the person driving the car was twice as old as he expected them to be when he pulled over an orange Scion. Terrible. And as a result, I didn't get a ticket, thankfully. I wasn't going that fast, but still.
0: All right. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for writing. If you've got your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website. That's just regulareverydaydriver.com. And uh, write to us there. We're going to take an early break with some advertising. Coming back to you shortly.
1: When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real price on actual inventory. There's nothing worse than getting there and they go, well, we don't have that actual car you looked up. So a lot of times that's not the case. But with true car, it is the case. You can configure a car online, use a true car certified dealer. The pricing that you get is on actual inventory. There is a car that backs up that price. There are over 13,000 true car
0: certified dealers nationwide and true car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with these true car certified dealers. And plus true car users
1: save an average of over 3000 off MSRP. Don't get me wrong. This is not TrueCar says, we think the price is this. No, the True Car certified dealer says this is the price for the car. True Car is the conduit. So you want to work directly with TrueCar? go to True Car and find the car you want. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. We're back with Ruben from Atlanta. He has a kind of two-in-one car debate here. First is a question for his brother, which relates directly to a Facebook question we had from Carlos. And then he has a car debate for himself. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of two-in-one here. So we wanted to start with this first question, and that is his brother is in Atlanta and works for Cadillac. He's a
0: product trainer for Cadillac. Mm -hmm.
1: So he is encouraged, let's put this this way, encouraged slash required to own a GM vehicle. (laughs) So he bought himself a 2016 Cadillac ATS.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Okay.
1: Cool car. Problem is twofold. One, he realized he needed a bigger car to haul the stuff he has to take to trainings. So he had to get something else, right? Which would be what? Apparently, he's hauling a television now. Apparently, wherever he's going does not have TVs. I'm not sure what world okay. this is. Okay. but he's hauling his own his own AV gear. Let's put it that way. Okay, fair enough. So All that right. resulted in him getting a a, a GMC. Uh, which one? It's the Canyon Denali. That's the nice one. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah. he went there to haul stuff. I get it. He bought it before he got rid of the Cadillac, which is problem one. But the bigger problem here that relates to the question here is. This Cadillac, during its life, has been in a couple of accidents. Mm -hmm. It's been rear-ended a couple of times. Both times fixed well with actual GM parts by actual GM. Yep. But he's now selling a car with two actual accidents on its record.
0: Yeah, this is a problem. So in a year and a half, he's put 49,000 miles on this Cadillac. And then he needed the space. But now he's stuck with the payment for both the Cadillac and the GMC Canyon Denali. Mm-hmm. He owes $24,000 on the Cadillac, but he did get the GMC dealer discount. So, you know, the $5,000 MSRP. So he worked with the dealer. But, yeah, he's, he's trying to sell the Cadillac. Apparently mm-hmm. everybody's running away from this. Right now he's saying, you know, dealers are offering him,
1: you know, what, $14,000? Um, of course they are. It's now sitting at 19000 He's trying to sell at private party for nineteen because dealers won't offer him over fourteen. Gosh. Which is, uh, if you're following along with the class, I'm not good at math, but that's a $10,000 difference between what yeah. he owes and what they're willing to that's pay. That's not
0: good. Having to bring money to the table and that amount of that money much to get money. rid of a car. Yeah.
1: For a car, let's be honest, that in some ways you're required to own. That's yeah. what makes this worse. Right. Anyway. I mean – apparently he's he's off the hook,
0: you know driving the g m c he's still g m product of course yes, but any yeah i um while back, this has been years now. i used to just my um one of my walks went by a um a body shop, okay, and it okay. went uh past the Porsche dealership, of course, and this is the, <laughs> I remember this walk the, that you took yes <laughs> one of the uh, i
1: would hear about about your <laughs> latest rantings and ravings as you drooled <laughs> on the glass of the Porsche dealer, yeah, uh-huh.
0: it was just you know sort of a you know clear your head kind of thing. And I stopped into this body shop once because I was actually getting worked on in my car mm-hmm. and they had a Mercedes S coupe. So S class coupe in the back. Okay. And I mean, the front end was torn apart and mm-hmm. they were doing all this stuff. And the guy said, well, we're fixing this car. It has $60,000 worth of damage. I mean, the engine was out. The front was out. They had mm. to buy a rivet gun, special equipment from Mercedes oh my to be able to fix this thing. And he said, but the car is worth like, Hundred and forty or hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So we're fixing the car. Sure you are. Sure you and are. I went. You've got to be kidding me. Like I said, the front end was just missing off of mm. this car. They were rebuilding everything from subframes. Everything was just from being the totally firewall forward, essentially. Yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, yeah. can you imagine that going on your, you know, later on? It's it's part of the Carfax, part mm-hmm. of the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is that car worth now? The owner gets it back and it's pristine yeah. and yeah. back together, but uh, what is it worth now? Yeah. But apparently the insurance company, which you know, companies are very eager to just total a car and move on. Yeah. With the slightest yeah. mishaps. Mm-hmm. Generally. They didn't on that car. And they haven't on this Cadillac mm-hmm. either, apparently. Mm-hmm. So he's still underwater, which agreed is a bit of a bummer. So this is the situation we're in.
1: For sure. And I want to relate this to a question Carlos wrote. It just happened to be the same night. Carlos wrote this great question on Facebook where he said, what are our thoughts on buying used cars with an accident or damage Mm -hmm. on the Carfax? Yeah. And would we stop looking at that car instantly? Would we entertain it? Would we look at it? And then somebody else, I actually don't have the second name in front of me, asked about us following this on into salvage title cars. Yeah. So uh, look, bad news, Ruben, for your brother. This is going to hurt. So it was Mark B asking okay, the same good. thing for salvage titles. Good, yes. good. This is the truth, Ruben, is to your brother. I'm sorry to say this, but this is just going to hurt. It's just going to hurt. Yeah. And yeah. I I do think he can get it. For, he, he can definitely sell it for more than the 14 that the dealer is offering him. Agreed. That's horrific. Agreed. But he's going to have to play up the fact this is the cheapest ATS you can find. And, you know, that 19 may have to become 18 I mean, I hate that, but. Ouch. But anyway, so I think you're going to eventually sell it private party, but you're going to have to sell it and know you're taking a hit. There's going to be a hit. There's no question. The combination – look, point one is the miles in general. Then the two accidents on top of it, you just lost a ton of value. I mean the good thing is anybody who's a
0: potential interested buyer – He's got all the records and can say, look, this is all GM parts, as mm-hmm. you said. It's mm-hmm. been fixed properly. Yes. That's the biggest selling point because you've got to be upfront
1: about this. Mm-hmm. People are going to run the Carfax. Of and be course like, they um, are. Right yeah.
0: here, this line item, could yeah. you explain you this? You didn't
1: actually mention this. What's going on? And that brings me back to Carlos's question. I think it's not a definite runaway. It's all about amount of information. Agreed. If you're dealing with an owner, and sounds like Ruben's brother is this way, you're dealing with an owner who is straight up front with, look, here's what's been done to the car. Here's what's happened to the car. Here's why the car is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Here's how it got fixed. Here's who did the work. They're completely up front. They're, they're burying you in information about the hows and the whys. Right, right. I don't think it's a definite runaway because you could possibly be getting a screaming deal on a car that's just going to work for you.
0: I mean, you could just be at a point where, you know what, the, the price of the car is so important and and saving Mm -hmm. money is so important. And look at the car I'm getting. Yeah. Nobody has to know because it was fixed properly. Yeah. But you're right. Overwhelm the person, potential buyers with enough information so they feel confident. Yeah. You know what? I'm not being scammed. They're just in a situation. They're offering a low price. Am I okay with that? Am I okay with this damage? Yeah. I mean, there have been, you know, we've talked about flood-damaged cars from all sure. the hurricanes. and Hail
1: damage, these kind of things. You know, yeah.
0: sometimes those cars have been just cleaned up and worked their way back into rotation. You don't know yeah. where they came from,
1: auctions, Agreed. and Agreed. they just kind of wind their way through the system, and you don't know. And I, I personally would feel much more confident buying a this car was damaged while I owned it from a private owner than from a dealer who— You don't know how they stitch that car together, which brings me to salvage title cars. Mm -hmm. Unless you get a car, and I'm going to bring up the Lotus Elise because it's the best example I know of. Unless you get a car that you know can be salvaged commonly with only a minor bit of damage, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in general, salvage cars run away. Because you just simply yeah. don't know what's been done and if it's been done right. In the case of the Lotus, it's a, it is it's an oddball because the front and back halves of the car can get dinged. They're so expensive and take so long to get that insurance companies will write them off. Well, there's no actual, like, there's no serious damage other than cosmetic. But it's half the car. hmm you gotta get a fiberglass piece from England. It's gonna take a while. <laughs> so a wholesaler will buy it for nothing. Right. Wait for that piece at the back of their garage, because what do they care? And then sell it for twenty five, probably make five to ten grand on it, and it's being sold for underneath every other lotus on the market. So yeah. if you know and that's a very specialized reality. If you know about a car that was salvaged or branded title for a reason like that, okay. But in general, if it's just in the ether, we don't know why it is. Run, 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 run.
0: Right. And that means you've got to get the story. You've got to get the information. Yeah. Ruben's brother, of course, has all the photos. Mm-hmm. And the the damage was actually to the rear of the Cadillac here. Mm-hmm. And it was up high. It was by a truck, a large semi, that tapped him. It was a love tap from the back. It was more like a love bash <laughs> and, uh, you know, stopping on the freeway, all that, but it was up yeah. high. So, yes, it damaged the the panel and the mm-hmm. unibody part of the construction, but at least it wasn't the floor pan. Yeah. Nothing buckled down there. Yeah. And it wasn't the impact bumper.
1: Sure. And sure. it
0: was the rear of the car. So in this case, I'd say, you know what? Yeah, that the photos were ugly. Yeah, but on the other hand, of all the places to damage a car, sure, I mean, car doors actually have a lot of mechanisms and moving parts in there that you think, all right, and all those doors hung back properly, are they sure. aligned correctly? Yeah, yeah. This was just kind of the rear quarter panel way up high, trunk lid, and the rear rear you know side fender, rear quarter panel. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'd say that's
1: the best possible yeah, area because you're not blowing airbags and those kind of things. Right. Once you get into a car that the airbags have been blown, and that's why it was salvaged, please run away. Yes, just, that's just and scary airbags stuff. are a destructive, awful event. It is. Yes, ex- they are an explosion, at 200 yes, miles an hour into your face.
0: Ugh. Anyway, so yes, um, hopefully that's that's the. That's the position that uh, that you're going to have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're bummed for you, but uh, you know, one of those. I think things. you
1: can get more than the dealer's offering. Oh, but I, but, I, but yeah. I think there's no question that it's going to hurt. Agreed. So on to Ruben's actual car debate for himself. Uh, he is, uh, he's recently engaged. Congratulations. Yes, and his fiance congrats. is taking his current car, which he actually really likes 2015 Honda Accord LX. She likes it. He had a feeling she would like driving it. It's going to become her car, which means good news. Ruben is shopping.
0: <laughs> All right. So he's an enthusiast. He's been into German cars pretty much since he learned how to drive, mm-hmm. starting with the 94 Ford Econoline van. That is not a German car. Yeah, I was going to say
1: that that story didn't work right very well. Yeah, but I follow what he said. non
0: secretor But moving on to the '98 Mercedes C230 that he drove for three years, then he gave that to his sister. Mm-hmm. I love that you're just you know giving yeah. all your cars to the women in your I'm, life. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then he finally found the car that really started the disease off for him, which was an 03 VW GTI 20th anniversary six-speed manual, mm-hmm. 1500 bucks. Yes. Blown motor. He swapped out himself, learned to wrench on cars, and he did all the electrical work. I mean, he he did a lot of replacement on this, and then he flipped it for $4,500. No,
1: he flipped it for 4500 profit. P- profit, you're he right. He sold it for six grand. So, six
0: grand. You're right. I read that wrong. This is
1: the best engine swap in history, right? <laughs> $4,500
0: profit. Fantastic. So, uh, it was to finish paying for college, and then he got the 2015 Accord. Mm-hmm. And sleeker interior, rack up the miles. And the best
1: part is, the fiance loves it. Mm-hmm. So, but here, here's where this gets difficult, though. His budget for what's next for him is 10 to 15 grand. Yep. And he goes on to say how much he's just realizing as he gets older and thinks about cars more, he wants the interior to be nice. Yeah. And he'd like Great. it to be German. So, this is what we're shopping for. Older is a relative term, he's 25. Yes, I know. I know. But he's, but he's 25, not 15. Well, true. Very true. When you're, when you're 15, you drive cars like I drive. When you're 25, you drive cars like you drive. No. This is the reality. Okay, okay. let's be honest. All right, fine. I mean, I did have a Porsche when I was 27. So, I'm, Well, but yes, but that was much nicer than the car I had when I was well, 27. This is the point I'm making. Enough. We are moving on at a progression, and I am the child of the two of us.
0: That's true. All right. Anyway, so uh, lots of possibilities here. He's going back to school for to be a physician assistant next summer. Car is going to be stored outside, whatever he gets. Mm -hmm. And the commute is short, so 16 miles a day, about eight miles each way. And he's planning on keeping this car for about five years before he upgrades from this. So it's got to be something pretty decent long term. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got no undergrad debt, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Well done. And he had scholarships too, so well done. And so he's given us a list of possibilities here that I'll run through real quick. And then uh, I think we should kind of decide. I mean, he's got great choices in here that I agree with. Starting with both GTIs, Mark Six and Mark Mm Seven, he's got a bit of a hookup. Apparently, he's looking at a Golf R, but I think that's maybe a bit out of this equation. Certainly is at this price. Find a salvage or built title car. Yeah, I think (laughs) that's just out. Yeah, you know, it's in his family. I mean, just saying, might be an option. (laughs) Uh, What else? E forty six M three, another BMW, the two twenty eight I, which he also loved, but. I think that one is solidly out, I think
1: price-wise. And honestly, I would be worried about the E46 M3 you find for 10 to 15 grand. Mm. It's a great car. Sure. We like it, but the question behind that is and it needs Please hand me the list. Mm. Yeah. Robbie subframe, what what what's it going to need, you know? No. I mean, I'm going to say it again, our friend Jamie, who's great one we drove for Icon. Yeah. he just sold that car for 40 grand he did it needed, i didn't know the price it needed nothing oh. it needed nothing it was gorgeous yeah, it, it was, was perfect it was low miles anything it ever even hiccuped he fixed so Amazing. the e46 you 40 find for now. let's just say 14 grand right now will be fun to drive but i will be worried about what it what it needs and the ones that typically are that cheap are the convertibles so the, mm. the sedans are more. So I, I'm a little wary. Even though I love that car, I'm a little wary of that car for you. Sure. I can see that. Uh, what
0: else? Testro of the Focus ST, but the interior felt cheap. Back to mm-hmm. the interior proclivity that he's got. Maybe an Audi. So interior, very high on the list there, but yeah. Yeah, kind of yeah. depends on which one, mm-hmm. even though he does know how to wrench. S2000 could be awesome, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's... I he's, think it's a limb. I think you're out on a
1: limb there. Yeah, he's realizing, I, man, it'd be cool to own one. And then I think as he thinks about it, he realizes Parks Outside you know, has had hatchbacks and has cars of size. And do I want something that small? Because in the next sentence, he talks about how Miatas and Minis. He test drove both and concluded they're too little. And I'm going. So the S2000 is still on the table. I think it's got to be out too.
0: Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm agreeing there. I'm coming back to the GTIs, even though you've already owned one. I mean, I know you like them a lot. And I like the interior for you, and I like the driving dynamics for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that you can't just keep going on to later generations of the car. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I it's mean, it's been a while. It's I, been a while since that. It has. Pretty, yeah. It has. I mean, that might be a, a, a great way to get back into it because mm-hmm. it has been a while. Otherwise, I'd say branch out. Yeah. But I do like the Mark Six or the Mark Seven, and it also leads me to an Audi S3. But I don't know if you can get one for that cheap.
1: Well, interesting you brought that up because I think the car for Ruben is one car.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: The Audi yeah. A3 hatchback. Do you? Really? If you go back, I was shopping the day at this price point. If you go back, you can get like 08s that have got the 3.2 liter V6 in them for this price. That's right. But you can That's also right. get more recent cars with the 2 liter. So like 14s I was finding, 14s, 15s.
0: Are most of those uh, front wheel drive though? Or are they all wheel drive too? The Depend. Quattros?
1: Depends. The 3.2 was a Quattro. 3.2 is a Quattro, yes. Uh, the two liters, I was fine in both of the above. Kind of depends on... But, but the point I'm making here setup. is he he wants German. He likes Volkswagens. Mm-hmm. He loved his GTI. He wants a nice interior. Yeah. It's all of those boxes with the nicer interior. You get yourself essentially the GTI without Audi badging.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's how I always looked at the A3, the, the platform mm-hmm. in general. is sort of like, oh, you know, and, and the S3 that we drove. Yeah. I would love that to happen for the hotter, you know, yeah. more enthusiasm But I'm thinking about car, but. get yourself an A3 hatch yeah.
1: Yeah. and be done. I think that's his car. I really do. I mean, the GTI thing, I think he talks himself around that in kind of a circle. And that just makes me think you need an A3 hatch. It's still a possibility. I still feel like it is viable there. Mm-hmm. But yes, the A3 could work
0: really well, too. Yeah. Interesting. Well, good. Ruben, thanks for all the info and the photos and all the stuff. Yeah, hopefully your your brother gets through a minor, you know, unscathed as possible, I guess. Yeah. And uh, that you find something really great that you love, too. Man, do we have questions. Mm-hmm. Man, we've got a lot. And there's uh, a question that I want to start with. Okay. From Drew V. Oh, yeah. He has good ones. <laughs> I'm excited to answer this question. I'm actually excited by whatever your answer is going to be to my response here. <laughs> okay. So here we go, guys. Here's the question from Drew. <clears throat> okay, guys. This is mostly sunny blue sky time. Paul, you're promoted to head of design at Lincoln. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> Oh, wait, no. It was Max Wolfe, and now it's David Woodhouse. By the way, I interviewed with David Woodhouse early 2000s okay. when Ford had their design studio down in Irvine yeah, in yeah. California. British chap, great guy. He's in charge of Lincoln currently, so that means I'd replace David right now. Wow. Okay. So I have no influence over the driveline, the running gear, and the tuning of the cars, but the interior and exterior styling have become my pristine white canvas. Okay. What do I do? Wow, okay. Here's what I'm thinking. The theme, you know, as you know, car designers always like to have themes of, oh, know, of where course. to begin with, and then it defines your age group and who you're marketing it to and blah. you're gonna
1: have your mood board. It's gonna have totally feathers. Mood board. And, you're gonna have feathers and pennies taped to the wall for totally. inexplicable reasons.
0: Scraps of leather and yeah. you name it. Yeah. So I'm thinking about Lincoln becoming the better Volvo. That's in my head. Okay. But the theme of Lincoln is the best date of your life. That is now the Mm. theme for Lincoln. I'm keeping Matthew McConaughey around, by the way. He stays. He's great. Okay. He's just got the wrong product to do his thing with. Interesting. Okay. So I would stop with the three-letter model designations. Yeah. Yeah. I would cut that out, stop it, and I would bring back the actual car names. I agree with that. But I wouldn't just stop there. It's not just names. It may be the cars might be named after women's names, like Hmm. the Lincoln Jessica or the Lincoln Ashley or the Lincoln Desiree, something like this.
1: Okay. Okay. So it personalizes things. Unless you had a girlfriend with any of those names that is now your ex, then you will never (laughs) buy that car. True,
0: but okay, whatever. I mean, I think the, the letter designation, the alphanumeric, it. works for Germans. I don't think it works for American cars.
1: Well, but if a car has ever had a name and you are not using the name, you should be taken out back and shot. The <laughs> fact that we have names with history bring them all back. Agreed.
0: So names. So I would lead with brand new platforms, even though I can't touch the platforms. But I do want to mm-hmm. say these wouldn't be shared with Ford cars. These would have to be all new. Proprietary, yeah. I think they'd be all electric platforms. Really? Okay, all right. I would really differentiate the brand of Lincoln. Go fully electric, Mm -hmm. luxury, Mm -hmm. loaded with easily upgradable technology. I would partner with a tech company.
1: Okay. Much
0: like Intel has just announced their partnership with Warner Brothers for all future autonomous in-car entertainment. Yeah, okay. Something like this, this kind of thinking. So imagine the interiors, the electric Jessica – is dressed differently than the autonomous Ashley.
1: There's going to be a there's going to be a company selling the electric Jessica. and It's going to be a very different product, by the way. I'm sorry, I'm, but that's anyway. I'm yeah. keeping
0: it clean, keeping uh-huh. it nice here. But it, this this manifests itself. The point is, it's beautiful textiles and materials, sure, sure, and sure. each car has this personality to it. Okay, so I'm thinking restrained and bespoke elegance. I'm not thinking uh, there's some edge to it, you know, Volvo has Polestar, you know, there's sure. yeah, some yeah. sport, but it's mostly luxury refined mm-hmm. tech. That's my thinking. So, I would stop drawing the squircle. It's called the squircle shape. The squircle. It, it is a word and you know what I mean, it's that yes. box with super radiused corners on it. The squircle. And also <laughs>
1: please stop using black label. Yes. Anyway, stop using yeah. that. I would look very
0: hard at Japanese interior design. Italian fashion for the way clothing lays, you know, the cuts of sure. Italian fashion, the layers of stuff, yeah. Swedish furniture and certainly Bang and Olufsen technology, how they integrate technology into product design. You don't have
1: a mood okay. board, you have like a mood cubicle with it's, all of it's these a things mood could be said.
0: Yeah. All right, so it, you know, cuts of cloth, all these sexy shapes and not this current blocky slab-sided garbage they have sure, going on. Sure, sure. And then finally, for one year I would bring back a limited run of really expensive, the rebuilt, remanufactured 1962 Lincoln Continentals with the suicide doors, maybe put the Voodoo V8 in it, modern engines, brakes, suspension, running gear. I would out-icon Icon icon vehicles.
1: You would do a limited edition Lincoln. Very much so. Interesting. And I'd only do it for
0: one year because it'd get people talking about the brand again. Yeah. And just for one year, limited run. And it taps into all this nostalgia. Huh, huh. And then over here is the future luxury tech, electric tech. Hmm. And they'd have s- beautiful names. I got the Lincoln Jessica. The electric
1: Jessica. Lincoln Jessica. Jessica. Love, love that name. Wow. Okay. All right. That's what I do with Lincoln. Wow. Wow. There's a second part of this question. There is. For me. There is. But, Drew, the, you the, welcome <laughs> to the next half hour of the podcast just for Paul because I, I, my brain's already awash. But anyway, so Drew asked me then, okay – with your new designs, mm. I get a clean slate on directing commercials and putting out the PR marketing sense of Lincoln to desperately try to get away from Lincoln nothing to see here. <laughs> what do I do? Right. Do I keep Matthew McConaughey, etc.? I do have thoughts on this. And the first thing I would do – I'm sorry. I know you didn't agree, but Matthew's out. Oh, you think so? He's gone, huh? Because here's the thing. No celebrity spokespeople at all. Out. Okay. No, he's not enough. replaced by anybody it's about the cars it's Fair about enough. the brand and I, and the best thing i can think to put into your brain is two things the cars dynamically need to be bmw in the early 2000s mhm mm-hmm. and the marketing needs to look like what alpha has done for the julia if Good. you think about it yeah. the julia has had people in those commercials but you don't know any of their faces they're a presence. They're are a people presence. They're representative but, of exactly course we won't see buying this car. And you they're would mood people? do moved people exactly. But you would do um, juxtaposed images. You'd have an image of the car on a great road being driven hard, hmm. juxtaposed with something the seat does that's amazing. Oh, the car pulling up to a great event, looking very classy, mm-hmm. juxtaposed with the way the entertainment center works. It. So it's back and forth and back and forth. It's the sense of occasion and dynamics of driving this vehicle. It is an event combined with, and it gives you this reality. Mm, this like would be that. the juxtapos- juxtaposition. And it would all be just about your rethinking Lincoln. You're just, have you thought about this brand? Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be people. It wouldn't be identified with a person. It would just be here's our product and we're bringing passion. That's the thing the Julia marketing Co- uh, concept has done wonderfully well, is you just, you like Alpha, you don't like Alpha, you watch that commercial, and you just go, I kind of want to go drive. I kind of want to see that car. Where is that for Lincoln? I'm sorry, Matthew McConaughey sitting around just being whatever he's Moaning. doing. Honestly, I think Jim Carrey outdoes out him yeah. doing Matthew McConaughey. It's a tiny tennis ball. But anyway, <laughs> oh man. But anyway, so... I think celebrity spokesperson's got to be out. I mean, okay. I know why you Fair use enough. them, but I think it's got to be, have you seen what we've made? Yeah. Because we're making something. You want to you, you give out that impression simultaneously of, and you've done it wonderfully with the Continental, by the way. These merge. These ideas merge. Okay. Because your one-year Continental plays right into what I'm thinking. All right. You want to give people this impression of, we're doing something nobody does anymore. Yeah, Combined true. with, and we're doing it for the future. I love it, and that's the the sense of the marketing campaign. I love it, and desperately get rid of black label, get rid of ridiculous names. No kidding, give Lincoln something to see here. There you go. We need to call David immediately. Ford, we're giving you gold here. (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and if that doesn't sell cars, then uh, we'll go drive Julias. Apparently, Mm. I like what Mini and Alpha have both done with their marketing campaigns in the past. They have stuck out in my
1: mind. Other marketing campaigns, whatever. Because they have a distinctive style to their vehicles, Mm -hmm. and you recognize the brand and you identify it with something. Mini is quirky and fun and cute and fast and enjoyable. Right. You just know that. Right. And customizable. And Alpha is sexy with great curves and performance and corners and Lineage and
0: provenance and Mm -hmm. all this stuff,
1: yeah. And and Lincoln (laughs) – Lincoln is identified as the car that Kennedy was shot in. I'm sorry. It is. But that's Lincoln.
0: It is. And you know what? Okay. I mean, yeah. yeah, all right. But it's... it's There's a nostalgia and a historic thing to that. And that's kind of why I was thinking about bringing these back. I see that. I see that. Really well built. Really desirable. Mm-hmm. And then it stops. And then it's future tech. Yeah.
1: And just but set it up as a brand that nobody else is doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Lincoln is trying to do their version of what everybody else is doing. Mhm, agreed. All right, so uh, what other questions stuck out to you? That was a good one, Drew. That <laughs> wow. was, that was um, very thought-provoking. I love it. Carter asked a question and said, "Would we ra- would I rather drive a Ferrari in Minnesota winter or a dirt bike in the dead heat of Arizona summer?" Ferrari all t- the time. Heck, yeah. Because at least I can be comfortable in the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. and I can put winter tires on the Ferrari. And if you let me go this far, I'd buy the GTC Lusso or the Ferrari FF, which is four seats, all-wheel drive, and I couldn't be happier. Huh? Meanwhile, you're sweating yourself to death on the knobby tires of a dirt bike in the in the 130-degree heat of Arizona. No, none of that.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound good to me. I was thinking about winter tires on your 1962 Ferrari
1: GTO. Your 36 million dollar Ferrari. Would, I would, would that be that work? guy. I would still be that guy. But if I had <laughs> if I had money to own that car, I'd be like, "Yeah, we're doing that."
0: We're doing burnouts today, everyone. All right. So that actually ties into Raman's question about motorcycles. He's asking, have we ever been into motorcycles? Mm -hmm. If so, which ones? And why don't you have one now? Mm -hmm. I like this question. As a matter of fact, I was into bikes. As a matter of fact, I like drawing motorcycles better than I like riding them and owning them. And you designed for Kawasaki. And I designed for Kawasaki. That was my first job out of design school down in Southern California. I spent a year and a half in their studio there. And I was doing, uh, I mean, I actually was kind of on the... The start of all the quad runners, all the the, mm-hmm. you know, the Yamaha Razors and all that stuff, we were building the, yeah, the inline, yeah, yeah. the tandem seating ATV, stretch out an ATV because so many people are riding ATVs dual up, and it's yeah. really dangerous. So we yeah. were actually thinking, all right, make a dual rider ATV, and then expand it to larger vehicles, and then Polaris beat us to it, and
1: yeah. on and yeah, on yeah. and
0: on. That's where this market has become now. But, um, yeah, I was doing cruiser bikes and all that stuff and had press vehicles, which I would ride to your apartment. I remember, yeah. And I just was always thinking it's not if, but when Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I never fortunately had an accident, but I had many close calls. And I, as I've talked about before, I thought I'll never do the lane splitting thing (laughs) like everybody in LA does. And then I found myself lane splitting at night at 105 miles an hour between cars thinking, okay, what, what am I doing? I'm stupid. (laughs) This is, this has just got to end. And so I just stopped and I thought, you know what? Cars are my first love. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just went
1: back. Yeah. to 11. To, to doing cars, I liked bikes, but I can get the same enjoyment out of being in a car. And I saw too many bad things go on in L.A. Mm-hmm. on a bike, and I yeah. heard too many people that commuted on bikes. This is the joke I've always said because it continues to horrify me. Everyone I knew in in Los Angeles that that commuted on a bike said, "Well, the first time I got hit." Now, if you have to quantify oh. which time it was yeah. you got hit, it's time to do something else. I realize you can do back road, et cetera. I get that. But I just, I, I'm so in love with the experience of being in a car. And the, the thing about the car in all of these experiences, the car gives you the option. Do you want to be in the elements or not? It's true. Yeah. Do you want to, I mean, how do you want to approach this? I know that if you're a biker, we're all cagers. I get it. And and, and I've I love it. And I've been on bikes and I understand the attraction. Trust me, I do. I just like the option that the car gives. Mm,
0: yeah. Agreed. See Ed the Ed the sleds question on here. He said, "Have you ever considered supercharging the Lotus? Let's start a GoFundMe page for superchargers for
1: your Lotus. (laughs) Love it." (laughs) There, look, we, we'd be more than happy to have your, your contributions <laughs> if you would like to donate to the show, but don't do it so I can supercharge the Lotus. Would I? Yes, I would. But, but that's, <laughs> not, would. that's not worth a GoFundMe page. The, the Lotus is crazy fun even without that. What's nice is the supercharger you can put on those. Of course I know about it. The supercharger you can put on <laughs> those after the fact. It's about a five grand or so add-on, and it's pretty much the same stuff they put on by the factory you just yeah. do it after the fact. There's a lot of there's well established kits. So I'd be curious and the supercharged it's kind of the business honestly. But to be honest, I think I'd almost rather this is going to sound stupid. I'd almost <laughs> rather we're car guys with a disease. It's upgrade not upgrade the stupid. Lotus to like an 09 or a 2010 the back end Oh, sure. Of the range and, and not be supercharged just for that extra little bit of refining that they did as they just continued to make the car better and better and better. And they're still making it. I wish they were still selling it. Yeah. But I, I'd almost be more prone to do that. I know that sounds a little weird, but – you know the, the money that it would take for a supercharger could almost get me into one of those
0: here's a jump off question would you take the modern design if they were still sold in the states mm-hmm. the upgraded refreshed design would you take that or would you stick with your current body design
1: well it jumps at 2011 in fact the last year they sold them in the us is 2011 and it's the only year they had the the new front end that so is they still being sold did. the last year 2011. Right. Has, and, and if find it further, but that change in the lights in the mouth, if you will, that was actually in the US for 2011 only. That's right. To be honest, I prefer the front end on my car. Do you? But I wouldn't complain. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, actually, jumping off of that driver mod on Instagram said, I'm, I think you've gotten this wrong, but I'm going to uh, answer the question anyway. You've a, you're asking me Lotus Europa or Audi R8. I think you mean Evora. Probably. Europa was from the 70s, like a 1977 well, and they, Europa. And they made, a, they made a variation on the Elise for like two years called the Europa right in the early 2000s. I don't think you mean that. I think May, you mean yeah, Evora. Yeah, maybe it's that one. But. I'm going to say this. I love the Avore and would take it over the R8 hands down. With one possible exception, are you making me drive one car year round and then it's the R8? Hmm. But I just, I really like the R8. I'm a big fan, especially the, the very early ones with the gated six-speed shifter and the 4.2 liter V8. And yes, across the board, love it. Hmm. However, the Avora speaks more to me on the Lotus handling, the lighter weight, all of the above but they're both great cars. Yeah, no kidding. He's also asking me, should I buy a 928 or a Kia Stinger GT?
0: <laughs> 928 all day long. I think that is one of the most timeless, classic, beautiful designs ever yeah. in the history of yeah. cardom. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for the
1: 928. Kia's compelling option, but mm, yeah. not against Pretty different animals. Uh, let's see. David wrote in on Facebook, our thoughts on CVTs. Oh, yes. Um, the short answer is no. We don't like them. They're yes. terrible. The longer answer is, uh, how are they set up? Because with very few exceptions, they are terrible to drive if you're an enthusiast. Because what they're doing, if you know anything about CVTs, continuously variable transmissions, it's, think about it as two cones, the, the points of two cones facing each other. Right. And a band in between. And so the cones can shift their relation to each other and constantly change the ratio of the transmission. So if you're in one, Toyota Corolla is the perfect, terrible example, and you go up a hill and you put your foot in it, it tries to find the optimum RPM of the engine and just stay there while you accelerate from 30 to 80. So you get a constant drone, which is super fun. But a lot of times, the CVTs, when you deal with hills and stuff, they're indecisive, and they're constantly varying what they're doing. So the car never feels settled. The only exception is those CVTs, and Subaru is one of the ones that leads this, that have got pre-programmed air quotes here gears, hmm. where they have decided yeah. on six ratios of those cones, if you will, six six ratios that you can lock it into. That at least allows you to, to act like the car is a normal automatic if you want to do some enthusiast driving. But in general, the whole point of a CVT is not to be connected with it. It's just to optimize the the RPM for gas mileage, and as a result. They're not fun. They never are fun. Yeah, no kidding. Well, there's a
0: there's a, actually a comment from Mark Butler on here. He says, "He is the word master at his Toastmasters meeting this week, oh, and he no. chose a room oh, full no. of rakes as the the line, and he said by the time this podcast hits the airwaves, I will have shared this word and phrase with his whole club." And he said the goal, the goal is for all the members with a speaking role to somehow use this in their dialogue. And I find that funny. I, as a matter of fact, Mark, I will have you know that I keep a word list of words that I find cool. And I have had this list for years now. Yes. It's ongoing. And my current word that I'm sort of obsessed about is orchidaceous. This is a word that means ostentatious luxury, sort of over the top in your face. Wow. So the new, the new
1: Lincolns you're making would be orchidaceous.
0: They they might be, especially. This
1: podcast the, just got weird. Okay. The yeah.
0: naming convention
1: that I'm settled on. Yeah. So, the um, Lincoln Orchid is an interesting thought, though. That could be.
0: I mean, it just opens up. The anyway, name of the car yeah. opens up possibilities for what designs and for what the themes sure.
1: could be instead of MKC. What is that? The Lincoln Orchid is the Lincoln S-Class Coupe competitor. Beautiful. It's a two-door, beautiful GT Cruiser. You imagine what that would be? I better just yeah. get started sketching. You want to sit again. down and sketch, don't you? Yeah, I do. I hear you. Oh, man. What else? Uh, Marcus. Hey, man. How are you? He wrote in from Canada. Marcus runs a channel called uh, Roads Untraveled. Yeah. YouTube channel. Exactly. They actually do a podcast as well. Marcus has been with us for a long time. Good to hear from you, man. He wrote in and asked about favorite location to film. And he's kind of asking location and time. He's asking about Twisty Mountain Roads in L.A. in the morning, you know, downtown at night, Utah in the afternoon. What do we like to do? Marcus, the true answer is... We shoot when there's daylight because we have a lot to get done.
0: (laughs) The sun's shining.
1: I I really – if I can pick it, I like really early morning light or the last two – I mean the golden hours, the first two hours of the day and the last two hours at night. That's when to shoot because you can Mm -hmm. do fantastic things with beauty shots, Uh, follow footage, car-to-car stuff looks great at that hour. I love it, but we've got four cars and one day to shoot it, shots are getting done at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when the sun's almost straight overhead because we don't have a choice right, so right. i I actually love shooting in Utah because there's far less traffic. Nobody ever asks us questions, and the <laughs> right. scenery is spectacular. Yeah. yeah, I say that. I wish we had easier access to some of the California roads, but it's just a sheer reality of people. Mm-hmm. There's some amazing California roads we will never shoot because of traffic. Cyclists, yeah. Especially in the
0: springtime.
1: Um, I actually enjoyed our downtown L.A. shoot much more than I ever thought I would, but it was stressful. Yeah. Yeah. It um, but it's such a different look. That's going to be a really cool episode because we're, we're shooting night stuff, which is really fun. But if I had to pick it, Marcus, it would be golden hour. So the last two or three hours of the day on some amazing Utah road. That's, that's the business right there. But that's, you know. Just string it out over days and days. Yeah. There's a – I forget the name of the movie right now, but – Early on, uh, Terrence Malick shot a movie that was entirely shot at Golden Hour, which means they had about 90 minutes of shoot time a day. Oh, wow. And it took him forever to shoot it because he only wanted to shoot at Golden Hour. Huh. Think about how long it would take us to shoot four cars if we only shot at Golden Hour. The sun is up. They're shooting to do. Right. We're running out of time. Yeah. No kidding.
0: Well, there's a question from Barbara P on here on Facebook. Thank you for writing in, Barbara. She is asking us Are 2015 Volkswagen TDIs a safe buy? Yes, they are. The whole diesel gauge. They're not a green you. buy. <laughs> Certainly not. But as far as safe, there's two categories of safe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Define safe, Barbara. Yeah. Exactly. The cars themselves, Volkswagen has never been a poorly engineered car. As a matter of fact, they've been brilliantly (laughs) engineered. The problem with Dieselgate was over-secretively engineered, yeah. Right. They're just 40 times dirtier than anybody ever thought. But from a safety standpoint, absolutely yes. But from a, is my investment safe, I would say no. Yeah, because let, unless you can get a deal on one gonna right You're going to get now. one for a song, yeah. yeah so yeah. from a safety standpoint, absolutely. They're excellent cars. They're really well-engineered. There's nothing wrong with the cars. They're just mm-hmm. dirty. That mm-hmm. was the
1: whole problem. Yes, really. and, and, and they were sold. The further problem was they were sold as Volkswagen clean diesel. Right. Now that we're right. past that lie. If you want to go (laughs) buy one, knowing exactly what it is, and that's a diesel car that pollutes like a diesel car does, but it gets really good diesel gas mileage, it's a Volkswagen. Yeah. Excellent. Well-built. What what are you shopping for is kind of my secondary question. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What else? Any other questions for you? Uh, I have a last one that that rattled around in my brain. I think I've got a conclusion that almost surprises me. Okay. Uh, Snow White MR2 wrote in on Instagram, and he said, what is our all-time personal favorite drivetrain layout. Uh Okay. He's saying front-engine, rear-wheel drive, mid-engine, all-wheel drive. He's just saying, what? what is it? He's bringing them all up. That's a, and I that's think... That's a tough one here. My, my first instinct is mid-engine cars, mid-engine, rear-wheel drive. It's my yeah. first instinct. Yeah. But the more I ponder that, the more I think, you know what it is? I think it's actually a really well-sorted front-engine, rear-wheel drive. Depending on power and suspension setup, and what the car is, and and ideally, hopefully, that front engine is close to being a front mid car. It's almost behind the front axle. You're talking Corvette kind of feel. Almost because the thing about that is, I love mid engine cars. I love my Lotus. I would, I would wonder if I could pick the car I get to dream about and actually get to own one day to be a McLaren. these are the cars I love. Okay, I love the feel of a mid engine car, and I want to own Mm many. Okay, yeah, but I realize. The mid-engine car is always lurking in case you do something stupid. True. The front-engine car is a lot more approachable at the limit. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Generally and speaking, you're right. And that's right. kind of why I think that may be my favorite, even though I'm just—look, this is a bad analogy, but the, the <laughs> mid-engine car is the amazing girl that you know is probably not the best for you, but she is amazing. <laughs> Not and the, the front, healthiest of relationships. Exactly. And the front front engine rear wheel drive car is the girl you really ought to be smart and just settle down with. Hmm. That's where I'm at. That's Good. where I'm
0: at. Good. I can definitely see that. I mean, it very much depends on the car. It does. You can't it say does. it with definitive across the board. No. No. You know.
1: But I but I feel like the the front rear the front engine rear wheel drive cars I've been in, I'm less likely to get bit. It's true.
0: I'm with you there. And and depending on the car, see that's the problem. I could go back and forth depending on particular choices. I could say, well, not that, but yes, this, and then the drivetrain changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but San, I guess for me, just because I love the Cayman so much, I do sure. love that oh, that yeah.
1: size. But the Cayman is the most docile mid engine car on the planet.
0: Yeah, it is. It's just so well sorted. I, I just I love driving it every time yeah. it's such yeah. an event. So I'm gonna go with mid. And rear, you know, mm-hmm. mid-engine rear-wheel drive. I do love that, but I can definitely see your point. M twos, M threes, Corvettes, yeah,
1: S two thousands, FRS, on and on, on and on, on it goes. Yeah. On and on it goes. They're just they're approachable. That's the thing about it. It's true. They That's will true. understeer. They will oversteer. You can decide which one you'd like it to do. And yet they all have distinct personalities. All of the cars are listing off. Of course they It's do. not just yes, a, absolutely. well, they
0: all feel the same. It just depends on the power. And not if true. mid-engine
1: cars were all as docile as the Cayman, I would go mid-engine instead. But they're not. No, no. They, There's plenty of them that are, are has a waiting bite. to bite. Yes. <laughs> I actually didn't tell you. I was on, I was on a drive recently. And uh, it was that my kind of my last blast up that really cool canyon near here. Oh sure, yeah. Okay, and I was coming down, and I came into the, it was it was like a forty five fifty degree day. Okay, but it was end of the day. Okay, I haven't even told you this. End of the day, no, that, that, that's got those I'm huge one eighty switchbacks there on immigration, right? Uh, yes. So I'm going through there, and so there's these pockets like tree pockets that are one eighties where it's a lot of shadow. And, of course, those are colder, and I'm on my summer tires. Whoa. I got into – I honestly, I did things wrong. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. I came into the corner, and my downshift, heel-toe downshift, into the shadow cold part of the corner was just a tiny bit too late. Okay. Did you upset the car I at that upset point? the car. And Yeesh. the back came around, and I did half the corner sideways. Really? Yep. It was total counter, 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 counter. Hold it. Hold it. And we're back,
0: just feather, feather, feather. Just
1: and- yep, just everything was careful stepping for a few seconds <laughs> while the back was coming around and settling out, and Ooh. you know. And I was, I was awfully proud of myself to not wind up in the weeds oh. because the, because the minute that goes wrong like that, that's the thought that goes through your head is just yeah. this is going to end badly. But thankfully, I was at least subconsciously countering properly. Feathering throttle, countering the steering, I, and I, and I, it is controllable at the limit when it goes. And I knew it instantly the minute it happened, I was like, you're a bonehead, you did it for yourself. All, I can see all of the pieces going up, but this is the mid-engine reality. It's not going to give you any leeway. And very
0: little warning, if and any. And when
1: it goes, when it goes, you need to know what to do. Yeah. And thankfully, it worked out okay. Oof. But it was just, and I knew the minute I did it, I was like, I have engaged the gear slightly too late, in a cold corner, <laughs> all bad. Well, it sounds like everything's OK. I'm glad oh, that's Oh, it's oh, great. No, I, here's the thing. On the back end, I was a rock star because <laughs> I did fine. But it was one of those situations where that could have gone totally differently. Wow. Thankfully, I instinctively countered properly. But this is the reality. In, in a, in a front-wheel, rear-wheel drive car, it wouldn't have even happened. Yeah, I mean, maybe if it stepped out a little, and that it would way. have it would have hiccuped. Is what it would have done. If you know what I mean, it would have just kind of gone. Oh, I didn't like that. Yeah, just kind of wiggle a little but the, bit. But the Lotus maybe. went. Okay, you do that. The, the back comes out. And of course, it told me what it was doing. <laughs> telegraphed it like crazy. Wow. But this is what we do when you're a bonehead. <laughs> Well, guys, thank
0: you a million times for listening with us. Uh, We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, as Todd said, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Write us with your car debate questions and social media questions, too. As As you can see, we have a lot of fun. Looking forward to next time, everyone. Cheers.
1: Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer.
0: Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.